How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got psychic extraordinaire Miss Cleo and television and radio writer Andy Rooney. It was a fascinating talk. For more of these awesome performers, if you want to see Miss Cleo, you can check her out, a.k.a. Chris Bell, at the Magnet Theater every Friday night on the show premiere and every Saturday night on the show The Armando Diaz Experience. And for more Andy Rooney, a.k.a. Evan Alt Schuler, check him out at Evan Alt on Twitter. Uh, I am doing Stand Up 2020 again on March 6th. Uh, the first Friday of the month we're doing it. We have our headliner TBD, uh, but it'll be at the Pitt Theater at 7.30 p.m. March 6th, Stand Up 2020. All proceeds go to voting rights organizations. You can register to vote. You can talk to Swing Left while you're there, or just stay and see a totally awesome stand-up comedy show. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Check out JarrettBerenstein.com for the latest updates on my upcoming projects and shows. Follow me on TikTok. It's blowing up. Guys, you don't want to be left behind on this. And hit me up at FamousDeadPeople at ReadyForBrooklyn.org. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Andy Rooney and Miss Cleo only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna be awful for me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American radio and television writer, best known. For his work on 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney. Hello. And 20th century television psychic and spokeswoman for the Psychic Readers Network, Yuri Del Harris, a.k.a. Miss Cleo. Call me now. Uh, Miss Cleo, Mr. Rooney, thank you so much for being with us here today on Famous Dead People. Thank Are you welcome, Jared. I'd like to start off with you, Andy Rooney, if I may. So as I mentioned in your intro, uh, you are most well known for your show A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes. And for my listeners on Famous Dead People who aren't familiar with your segment, would you describe it just like what the general vibe of A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney was? Well, there used to be a thing on television called commentary. And it was a time when a person could have an opinion about something and tell it to thousands and thousands of people all at once. Usually a negative opinion. An opinion about how things used to be better. And now they're much worse. Okay, and so um, sort of like a life editorial? Like a life editorial. Okay. At the end of the most well-researched and executed news magazine in the history of television, I would come on and talk about how raincoats are usually the same color. And they could be other colors. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Now, so the Wikipedia listed a few topics from your show. Oh, brother, here we go. (laughs) I would love to read these topics to you and then just very quickly get your take on it, like what your general uh, idea was about this thing. And, you know, so like what you talked about on the segment when you discussed these items. Is that right? Absolutely. From the archives. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, a couple examples of, of your segments would be like the cost of groceries. The cost of groceries keeps going up. Whatever happened to the price of groceries staying the same. When I was a boy, milk was a nickel. When I was an older boy, milk was six cents. The way I see it, that's gone up. <laughs> that's okay. proper math. That's that, proper math. That is proper math. Uh, there was also annoying relatives. Do you remember that segment? Uh, sometimes you're born and you have parents, but then you realize your family is a little bigger than just you and your parents. There's a whole bunch of people who you might be related to. Yep, I'm talking about relatives. Sometimes they're pleasant and you get along with them, but uh uh-oh, what if they're (laughs) annoying? Okay, and the last example was faulty Christmas presents. Sometimes it's Christmas and everyone's having a great time opening their gifts and playing with their new toys. But sometimes you get a faulty Christmas present. Wow, okay, simple. Simple, clean cut. I have to imagine that these segments are like, you're living your life... And something happens, and you're like, I'm going to talk about this on the TV show. Like, I feel like that's that's your process, right? Absolutely. 
Okay. Much like uh, Larry David at his Curb Your Enthusiasm show, mm-hmm. I would just be living my life walking to and fro the water fountain in the CBS Broadcast Center, and I'd have an idea. Hey, wait a minute. Sneakers sure have rubber soles. You would you would uh, wait until something irked you. Wait until something rubbed you the wrong way. Yep, I'd get irked or rubbed. Okay. And... and- out, out, my editorial would out come. it comes. Now, was there an annoying relative that you were specifically referencing in that segment, in uh, the annoying relative segment? Oh, sure. I was referring, of course, to my grandfather. Get this. I'm supposed to go around knowing who my father is. I'm filling out forms about my father. I'm going to church and mentioning my father. Everywhere I go, being of the family business, why, my father and I work together every day. And now I'm supposed to acknowledge a grandfather? Well, geez, there aren't enough hours in the day. Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems unreasonable. Didn't he, did he watch the segment, your grandfather? Did he watch that segment and know that that was about him? I hope so. Okay. And what about the uh, faulty Christmas present segment? Were you huh. well, given the... something that didn't work? Absolutely. And it's the reason that I don't know if my grandfather was able to watch the segment. There used to be a thing called telephone answering machines. You'd record an outgoing message, something about, you wish you could come to the phone, but you aren't available. And then other people would leave messages and tell you what you missed while you were out. Well, I got one of these machines, and I couldn't get the damn tape to work at all. I didn't get any messages from anyone, and people were complaining. They said, Andy, that we don't, we can't get a hold of you, and we can't leave messages for you. And I said, my Jesus Christ, what are you, my grandfather? This is annoying me. And so wow. the two segments were born. It's so interesting. It almost feels like you want something bad to happen to you so you can have an opportunity to give a take on something. Is that a fair thing to say? You hit it right on the head. Oh, okay. I, I had a pleasant little life going on until I uh, my first uh, bout of adversity, and I realized I could exploit that for 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 uh, opinion pieces, for little essays. I got to say, that's probably very uh, enlightened because you are literally taking every negative bad thing that happens to you and turning it in, in, into... Uh, a work of art, uh, a segment, something that you can share with the world, something that you enjoy because you you then get to do your thing. Sure, 40 years of complaining to elderly people on television. What a it way is, to end your weekend. What a magical life. Let's go over to uh, Miss Cleo for just a moment. Hey, uh, So you are most well-known for a series of commercials that you appeared on for the Psychic Readers Network. Which was, as far as I can tell, a service where a person would call and get a reading from a psychic, not necessarily you, could be anyone of a network of psychics. Absolutely. Okay, so I've got it, I've got it correct so You've far. Got it right, you got it right so far, Jim. All right, so, however, during a series of lawsuits against the Psychic Reader, Readers Network, it came out that your character, Miss Cleo, was created by the Psychic Readers Network and that you were not, in fact, from Jamaica, as you claimed in the commercials, but Los Angeles. So my first question is this. I don't need to know. I'm not trying to, like, figure out how close you are to your character. I just want to know, do you have the gift? Like, I'm not going to test you or anything. I just want to know what your official position is in regards to your own psychic abilities. Do you do you consider yourself to be a psychic? Do you consider yourself to have the sight? Well, Jared, I had a feeling you were going to be asking me this question. Of course. Uh, I felt it deep in my soul. Yes, I speak. I speak to the I speak to the spirit, Jared. What kind of a question is that? Well, I just don't know how far the character went. Like, I can imagine a world where the Psychic Readers Network just reaches out to a bunch of actors and is like, okay, you can do this part. Or if you're the kind of person that's like, suspected they were psychic for their entire lives and then this opportunity came around and you were like finally I can I can be who I've always wanted to be when I was a little girl I was sitting there with my teddy bear Jared I was sitting there with we were playing teddy bear with my teddy bear okay <laughs> I'm still working on this accent this role of mine I'm taking of I'm course, taking of course. you know seriously stretch your legs Miss Cleo you know I was sitting there with my teddy bear, and I heard a voice, Jared. I heard a voice. Oof. It told me, this teddy bear, look at him. He's going to be lost tomorrow. Huh? 
he's going to be lost tomorrow. Tell his wife that he's going to miss him. Tell the teddy bear's wife. Yes. Oh my. Miss, Miss Black Bear. They were married for 15 years. They had two children. Yes, little little white boy, white boy bear, <laughs> and little so brown calling, boy bear. You're just calling me little white boy. Well, you are a little white it boy, Jeremy. But facts. no, no, we're talking about Mr. Bear's children. Oh wow! And now, did you so know? what happened the next day? Yeah, did you know? We were riding the school bus. Jimmy, Jimmy, the 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 asshole who always picked on me. He told me to look. He told me to look out the window. He said, "Oh." Look, there's a kite stuck in a tree. I looked, you know, I, I love kites. He knew, and he knew he that you knew loved that kites. I love kites. And what did he do? I turned around. Mr. Bear was gone. <gasps> he took it. This voice. It 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 spoke to me, Jared. It told me. And it turns out that uh that uh, you know, Mrs. Brown Bear, you know, locked her and the children in in a, in the garage with the car on <gasps> and Oh it was a God. terrible thing, yes, I'm yes. I'm sorry, the bear the, committed suicide, did a murder-suicide because the, the father bear got took? Grief is a they, powerful emotion. It's a deep, deep, <laughs> deep, you, Andy. deep and powerful emotion. Uh, Andy knows. He certainly does. Wow, so yeah, you definitely have the gift. You are ah, definitely... That's when it was started. Psychic abilities. Yeah, well, I was five years old. Mm-hmm. Five years old when you first got the voice. Mm. Wow. So you were the spokesperson, but you were not the only psychic at the network, of course. Um, just, you know, uh, generally, could you say how many psychics they had available at the Psychic Readers Network for people oh, to speak oh, sure, to? sure, sure, sure. Well, there was me, Miss Cleo. Okay. And there was also Miss Leo. Miss Leo. Oh, don't forget Miss Peel. Teal. A lot of misses. Beal. So all females. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, but then there was that one man. His name was uh, Mark. And then there was a Mark as well. And would you give your your name to the person? So, you know, someone would call up and they would go, you're talking to Miss Teo or Miss Leo or whatever. And yes. then, then they would do the reading. But sometimes a person would call up and be like, hey, this is Mark. Hey, this is Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mark. Mark would do it. Okay, and were you at all involved, because you are a psychic, of course, so were you involved in vetting these other psychics at all to see if they really had the gift as well? It was a vigorous, vigorous interview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, first what we did was we got we got a deck of cards. Okay. Right? Not a tarot card. <laughs> we needed a deck of cards. We needed to see what how, how quick of hand you were. Okay? We played a lovely game of blackjack. Okay. It was beautiful. So you just played blackjack? Now, if the interviewee won three out of five games, he would move on to the next round. Ooh, so you're at least a little psychic if you win three, three rounds of, of blackjack. Three out of five. Okay, that makes sense. That Interview round one. All Interview right. round two. Okay, fine. You passed the blackjack game. I want you to take this sword. Can you swallow it? Sword swallowing? Uh, you know, this is a this is a real profession. Mm, okay. This is a real profession we do. You have to be able to to put down the card of swords and and know, feel, feel the power of the cord okay, of the yeah. card. Card of swords and actually holding a physical sword and swallowing. In your it. throat, Jerry. In your throat. Okay, I can see the link up there. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah, so if somebody could successfully swallow the sword, then what would happen? They move on to round three. Ooh, okay. You finally got a deck of tarot cards, mm -hmm. okay? We wanted you to shuffle them and lay them out in five piles. Okay. Now, if you could do that, you would move on to the next round. <laughs> then you're, Wait, so there's another round after that? Oh, yes, yes, the okay. final round. You do five stacks. Getting a call. That is the easiest of all the, the levels, it seems to yes, me. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Then you get a call. Then you get a call. Then you make your reading. Ooh, okay. Mm. Now, mm. would you, would you like, trail? Like, you, like you would, someone would be on the phone, and, like, you would use your psychic powers to figure out what this person's deal was, and then... The person on the the person that was training would do their rating, but you were there just in case. We he, were there just in case he got off the rails. Up. You yeah. know, I had a nice little white board. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, let let uh, Victoria called in. What was her birthday? You know, November eleventh. Mm -hmm. You know, nineteen seventy three. 
1973. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a good year. Yeah, all right. And uh, you know, maybe he he's a little bit, you know, uh, uh, for instance, Mark. I remember Mark. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about Mark specifically. He him in his final round, he got a little nervous, mm. you know. And I had to I had to write down, you know, she her, you know, uh, uh, Victoria is is, you know, Jared, you you know what I'm talking about, right? You would write down facts I, about her. I would her. write down facts yeah. about her, what the spirits were telling me. Gotcha. Okay. Like she had a ham sandwich earlier that day. Mm, okay. So he was a little flustered. He just needed that little bit of help. And then he was able to get on with the rest of the reading by yeah. himself. Yes. You know, it's an old trick of mine. Whenever you need to to get into the moment to, to start a reading... Mm-hmm. You start with what they ate in the morning. Ooh, the spirits always know what you ate in the morning. You can Jerry. tell a You lot. had a bagel this morning. I well, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I did have a bagel this morning. It's uh, yeah. The spirits don't lie. To Jerry. point to a Jew and say you had a bagel this morning is number one an easy bet and number two a little offensive. But let's move on. Wait a minute, let's you're Jewish. <laughs> let's go back. I didn't know that he's Jewish. How could you? Do- Doesn't matter. Oh. Uh, let's go back over to Andy Rooney for just a moment. So uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th Century Television Psychic Miss Cleo. Call me now. And American Radio and Television Writer Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. So you were born in New York in 1919. After college, you were drafted into the Army during World War II. Uh, you wrote for... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I was getting drafted into World War II. Was... You, did, you didn't care for it? We already had World War I, which we called the Great War. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to tell me we're going to have World War II? No way. <laughs> Not for me. Some, we already had a war. That is some expert commentary. How am I supposed uh, to get excited about uh, fighting in World War II? Well, shouldn't I be saving up for World War Three? What about World War Four? How many of these world wars are we going to have? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a really good question. Uh, so while you were uh, in the Army during World War II, you wrote for Stars and Stripes uh, while you were in the Army. So was this more like straight journalism, straight war reporting, or were you doing the sort of commentary that you would become famous for on 60 Minutes. I like to think that it was, it was they were the same thing. Okay. You know, sure, you would get the big headlines about the battle of this and, you know, the the stand at wherever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people wanted to hear about the, the little things, things most people in the war cared about. Okay. You know, I'd say things like uh, uh, bandages sure aren't uh, as soft as they used to be. <laughs> Why, when I was a boy, I would bandage up a wound and I'd feel... They're safe. I feel calm. So you would say when I was a boy, even though you were about 19 or something years old sure. at this point? Sure. I'd still have been a boy before that, I think. Okay. I think that, I think that tracks. All right. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's the, that works. I was a boy of five or six, and then I was a young man. I of... just think that as still a very relatively young man, you had such a strong sense of nostalgia. Yes, nostalgia, timelessness. <laughs> sure, yes. I felt that you were an old soul. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was old the whole time. That your entire life. I've been, been old. old. I was born like a Benjamin Button, but I never got young. Never. <laughs> I just was old. Maybe you got stunted. They say you can't have, you shouldn't give coffee, you shouldn't give caffeine to a child. No, there's so many things growth. you shouldn't give to a child these days. Yeah. Coffee, alcohol. Maybe well, you had like some coffee and it stunted you in old in your Benjamin Button. Maybe that's what happened. Yes, exactly. I should have had the trajectory of a Benjamin Button, but Mm -hmm. the coffee had stunted my growth and And kept me in the old state that I was born into for the remainder of my life. Your entire life you were old. Now, you were the first journalist to reach one of the famous events of World War II, the taking of the Ludendorff Bridge after it was captured by the American forces. Uh, You were 20 miles away when you had heard that it had been captured, you knew it was going to be big news, so you rushed over there. Uh, and I'm wondering, is there a story to that trek? Like, how did you get to the bridge? You're 20 miles away. There's a war going on. You're in the middle of the field. Like, you want to get there first. How does that happen? What's the what's the plan? Well, the first thing you start doing is looking for a horse. Everybody knows that even in these modern wars, nothing's faster than a horse. Why, we still clock our cars at horsepower. Nothing's faster than a horse? Nothing's faster Nothing's than a fa- horse. Not even in World War II. Nope, Nothing's faster not even than in a World horse. War II. The atom bomb went off at the same rate as a horse. <laughs> Twice. 
with a day off in between. Okay. Uh, so so you, I started looking for, look a for a horse. I couldn't find a horse, but I did find a tank. Okay. So I got myself. Uh, now, to be fair, a tank is slower than a horse. It really was. I will say, a ta- you don't got to be psychic, Miss Cleo, to know that no, a tank don't. is slower than a horse. <laughs> That's physics. It's that just physics. Sure is. Okay. Uh, so you find a tank. So I found a tank, and I go up to the to the top of the tank, and I knock on the top of the tank. And, uh, you know, a, a, a gentleman uh, comes out of the, the tank and he says, where are you going? And I said, you know, how about a hello? <laughs> People don't respect the, the little things these days, you know? Sure, we're in the middle of a war, but we can still say hello. Is. Exactly. Yeah, ask me where I want to go. Let's introduce ourselves. Exactly. Where are you from? Where are the pleasantries? Yeah. That's what makes American life special. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hitched a ride in the tank, and the next thing you know, I was at the bridge. Yeah, you were the first journalist there. That's It's such an incredible scoop. Uh, so what was your take on the the capturing of the Ludendorff Bridge, this this amazing advancements, advancement for the Allied forces? You know, there used to be nice bridges. <laughs> Some bridges had the majesty that, that would make you really uh, understand, wow, we've, we're linking people together. But the Ludendorff this Bridge, well... This is a 19-20-year-old well, man who is uh, just just hopelessly in love of the with the bridges of the past. Yeah. You know, there used to be a thing called self-respect. You'd go to work, you'd build a bridge, you'd do a good job, and you'd come home. You're saying the Ludendorff Bridge slapped together. That was my headline. Not a gra- Allies capture okay Shoddy bridge. bridge. <laughs> Not a great bridge. <laughs> Whatever happened to the bridges of the 19th century? Mm-hmm. Boy, you could, if they call if the Germans call this a bridge, who boy, no wonder they're losing the war. Yeah, exactly. Call me when it's World War III and we've got a bridge to talk about. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh man, yeah, that is uh that is fascinating, Andy Rooney. Let's go back over to Miss Cleo for just a moment. So. You were born in 1962 in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, you attended an all-girls boarding school. You married at the age of 19, divorced at 21. He was a no-good man. He was no good. He yeah, was, tell me about it. There's, there's well, I'll tell the, you about him. There's nothing in the Wikipedia about your about your ex-husband. Oh, man. Oh, uh, Tyrone. Tyrone. Uh, uh, have you ever heard this song from um, Eric Abadou? Sure. You better call Tyrone. That was about me. <laughs> Me and Erica, we were very close. Sorry, Andy Rudy, you're a big, yes, big Erica Badu fan. Uh, everybody's always talking about Erica Badu Come these on, days, you... and no one's talking about Anthony Hamilton. There's a lot. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Uh, do you want to explain? Andy Just Rudy? another neo soul singer who I think yeah. doesn't get the credit he deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica Badu kind of blew up after her appearance in the Blues Brothers uh, 2000 movie. Remember that? <laughs> That was how so many people came to know Erica Badu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 80% of our audience came from that movie. But anyways, so yeah, uh, I don't know the story of Tyrone in that song. Oh, well. So yeah, what's the what's the general synopsis? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> in the song, Erica Badu tells, you know, her, 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 her man to call Tyrone. Mm-hmm. You know, her man's best friend. Well, Tyrone... Her man was married to Tyrone, my husband at the time. No, not married. You get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so Her man was yeah. Call your best friend because I'm sleeping with him. Because right. I'm sleeping with him and it was a whole mess. I had to leave him. So this Tyrone that you were married to was sleeping with his best friend's girl you think I would have known that? Oh, yeah. man. The Why? cards didn't tell me that. The cards didn't tell you that? No, they told me that he was at the movies. What? He was always at the movies. The cards offered an excuse? Yeah. The cards <laughs> were covering had for... alibis? I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Now, I'm not an expert in this, but it almost sounds like the tarot cards abide by this thing called the bro code, where if your bro is cheating on his girl, then you make up an excuse for him. Well, you know... You lie for your bros. bros so many hoes, people speak to the cards, you know. Okay. And if, you know, if Tyron's bros were speaking to the cards, then sometimes Tyron's bros were speaking to the cards. Oh, so maybe if it's like an ancestor of his that wants his, like, you know, great-great-grandson to get it wet, maybe that spirit is going to interfere with the reading. You know, now that I think about it, maybe... Maybe it was Lero. Lero. Lero? Yeah, Lero, Tyrone's brother. Who yeah. had died. He had died. He was shot. 
He was oh shot trying to steal a donut, if you can believe that, from a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I can believe idiot. it. People love their donuts these days. Well, I mean, they are good. I love a good, you know, cake donut. Mm -hmm. But a little, he was always, he never liked me anyways. Mm. And now that I come to think about it, he did tell me that he was always at the movie seeing my favorite movie. Uh, wait, that... Lord of the Rings. He was <laughs> Lord of the Rings? The Fellowship of the Rings, that first one. Jared. Of course, yeah. I mean, this was, um, I believe, the 1980-something. So it must have been the animated one that came out in the 70s oh, that we're talking about. So good. Yes. <laughs> that is great. So good. Uh, so, yeah. Now, I love a good cartoon. Now, there is a gap in the Wikipedia between mm. when you get divorced, uh, like 1982, uh, you know, you're 21 years old. And when you pop up again in the, you know, in the sort of like the record is like 1996. So we have this giant gap of 14 years. Well, we don't know what Miss Cleo was up to. Uh, would you tell us just like what, what was going on? You know, you, are you still living in Los Angeles? You're obviously not married to Tyrone anymore. I took anymore. a pilgrimage. You took a pilgrimage. It was that day when I, when I realized, when I went to the movie mm -hmm. and I saw that he wasn't there and that he was cheated. Oh, my God. It was that day I I just kept walking. I just kept walking. You just started with, walking. With my two shoes on my feet, you know, I walked to the I walked to the 7-Eleven. I got a Slurpee. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. The berry Slurpee. Berry you Slurpee. You got to be getting that berry mm -hmm. Slurpee. Delicious. Promo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I kept going, you know, I kept going. And next thing I know, I was in Death Valley. I'm sorry, Ms. Clear. Do you say promo? Like, are you selling ad spots on my show? Are you promoting things on my show? That's a lot, right? I mean, it's it's not specifically against any kind of regulation. Oh, good, because I'm wearing a beautiful Rolex watch. <laughs> okay. The finest of watches. It's Just to be clear, great. the things that you're pr promoting are 7-Eleven Slurpees and, and Rolex, Rolex watches? That is a wide berth of, uh, of, of, of deals that you got there. And also, companies. also, always get a quick trip cappuccino. Quick trip cappuccino. Quick trip. The what's, best grass station in the South. Wow, 7-Eleven Slurpees, Quick Trip, Cappuccinos. It's amazing you got this Rolex. And deal. Rolex. Wow. Although, I don't know, maybe the, 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 those are bigger, you know, maybe to get the 7-Eleven, it's a bigger deal. Yeah, maybe. Because it's the is world's a biggest larger, convenience chain. A larger brand. Well, yeah. the CEO of the Rolex company called in one day. And, you know, next thing I, you know, I next told thing him, you know, you know bada bing, bada, I got a, you know, commercial deal. Wow, that's incredible. Now, I'm not going to expressly forbid it, but. Uh, I would just say try to keep the promos to a minimum because we want to hear about your life. We want to ah, hear about your story. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I, so I, so just walking. I was walking. Just I ended walking. up in Death Valley. Ooh, Death Valley, the desert. And my Slurpee was empty. Of course. And so I was very parched. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking, I met a man. He was standing next to a cactus, next to a Joshua tree, <laughs> next to a rock. <laughs> wow. And I said, you, uh, you look... You look peculiar. He says, yes. I'm a Rasta shaman. Rasta shaman. He taught me everything I know, <gasps> even this accent. He starts to develop your talent. for He, he recognizes your psychic ability, and he's going to teach you the ways. It was his voice I heard that told me that Mr. Bear was going to be taken. Oh, my God. It's almost like The Shining. Like, other psychics can talk to each other and help them with their lives. It's just like The Shining. Did you see The, the Shining, Andy Rooney? a lot Rooney? of Stephen King adaptations these days. There sure are. Did you see, right? did you see The yeah, Shining? Yeah, I saw The Shining. What'd you think? I thought uh, another novel turned into a film. Oh, let's all take another novel off the shelf and rewrite it into a screenplay. Uh, it doesn't. It seems like you don't like that practice. Well, when I was young, there used to be original movies. Mm -hmm, okay. Things like uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with <laughs> the Wind or The Ten Commandments. <laughs> or uh, or the Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon. Okay. Sure. A lot of fun. Citizen Kane. A lot of fun films. Citizen Kane. Oh, Citizen Kane. That doesn't matter. Uh, now here's the thing, Mandy Rooney. So I hear what you're saying. You know, so many adaptations, you know? So many adaptations. Can an adaptation be good? When you see something in adaptation, do you immediately write it off? Or do you give it the chance to be good, Andy Rooney? Uh, well, I don't give much the chance to be good. 
just to be clear. Because then what are you going to write about? Because then what am I going to write about? Can you imagine? It would come off tongue-in-cheek. Oh. It would come off as if I would, you wouldn't even believe me. Andy Rooney's not allowed to like things because he's going to sound if I was, If I walked around talking about, oh, you got to go see the Matt Damon version of the talented Mr. Ripley, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah, unfortunately, that we've got to take a short break. Uh, but we'll be right back with Andy Rooney and Miss Cleo on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century television psychic and spokeswoman for the Psychic Readers Network, Yori Del Harris, a.k.a. Miss Cleo. Call me tomorrow. And American radio and television writer best known for his work on 60 Minutes, Andy Rooney. Curmudgeon. Uh, so let's go back over to Andy Rooney for just a moment. So after the war, you get hired to write for a show called Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, uh, which the Wikipedia describes as like a variety show where talent scouts would bring their latest discoveries onto the show to perform for America. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, uh, almost as a precursor to the talent shows that we see today, mm-hmm. American Idol, The Voice. The America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four. Uh, you so know, you think you can dance? So you think you can dance? Uh, you know, uh, dancing, dancing with, the, with stars. the stars, of course. All right. Can you think of any, Miss Cleo? Uh, Project Runway. Project Runway. Uh, America's Next Top Model. Uh, Top Chef. Drag Race. Uh, what's the one with the the Ti is on? That's a good one. What's the one that Ti is the, on? The, the rhythm and Flow. Rhythm and Flow. I haven't heard of that one. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Point is, <laughs> these days it's all about the person who has the talent. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, things were simpler. They were about the management of the talent. Wait, so this wasn't actually showing the talented people? It was just interviewing the talent scouts? This was, we would bring on three managers who would all have new acts who they uh, you know, signed up with their management agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while they were, uh, you know, while these 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 young kids were out there singing their songs, doing their dances, mm-hmm. being a boy band, doing hip hop, <laughs> being a celebrity in a dancing competition, uh, at, uh, make, making it work, mm-hmm. etc., <laughs> the camera would be focused right on the talent scout, right on the agent. Okay. Uh, and we would uh, evaluate uh, how well they managed the 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 talented person. Interesting. Because things were simpler back then. Okay. And that was simpler. Okay. So you're watching the managers. Are you watching for them to do managing in the moment? Or are you like interviewing them? Like, oh, what's your management style? How do you? It was a lot of um. It was a lot of uh, analysis of legal deals. Mm. It was a lot of actually looking at the nuts and bolts of of, of the of the actual management work that they were doing. Gotcha. So someone would come cuts? on and like yeah. juggle. Uh, maybe a sword swallower, uh, as Ooh. you know, not for any psychic reason, but just for good old fashioned family fun. You, uh, you need to be able to swallow a sword to, to be a psychic, but being able to swallow a sword does not make you a right. psychic. Right. All squares are rectangles, Ooh. but not all rectangles are squares. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Sorry, you were saying, Andy Rooney. <laughs> so someone would come on and do some sort, you know, uh, a young man would come on and do a ventriloquist dummy routine. Mm-hmm. And then we would look through deal points and see, uh, you know, how. How, what the distribution would be and, and and if they would make any money on the back end. Yeah, is this guy getting a cut of the merch sales? Are we selling t-shirts? Exactly. Are we getting a door deal? If this tour was recorded for video mm-hmm. uh, and then was sold as a, you know, some sort of a, a, a home video release, 
uh, you know, what what kind of royalties would they make? Now, I mean, and, and all, that was a hit television show. All the talent is happening off screen, off camera. The the people are doing their talent, but yeah. just not. We're just the camera is not pointed at. Well, it. it's one of the only times when you know the manager is free to talk. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, because otherwise they got to be managing. Otherwise, they managers be are so busy these days. <laughs> Certainly. Okay, so you were a writer for that show, but it sounds like just an interview show. It sounds like the host, Arthur Godfrey, was just talking to the managers. Uh, No one appreciates people writing questions anymore. Oh, so you wrote the questions. Oh, sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot more sense then. Well, there we go. All right. (laughs) I'm glad we cleared that up. All clear. You see, things don't have to be complicated, Andy Rooney. They can be simple. Uh, things used to be like so much simpler. they were simpler. back in the day. Back in the day when I was born, a Benjamin Button diseased boy mm-hmm. whose growth was stunted while I was writing for a television series and in which honestly, a host interviewed management of up-and-coming talent. Things were a little simpler. And honestly, how, what what could be simpler than a, a, a man who is born old and stays that age for his entire life? You know, like these days, people are born as babies. They're, they they go through all these changes with their hormones and their body. Right. And, then, and then they eventually get old and die. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm sensing you're around 72. Mm-hmm. Always. You, you're always. Always 72. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's go back over to Miss Cleo for just a moment. Oh, so here I am. The first record that we have of your post-high school life. And mm. I mean, you told us about this incredible trip to... Death Valley. I was in the desert for years, Jared. Years you're in the desert. Uh, the first thing that we see, you pop back up post-divorce in 1996 when you're 34 years old. You open a theater production company in Seattle, Washington, which produced plays written by you, mm. including an autobiographic play called For Women Only. So tell me about your theatrical experience before you open up this theatrical production company, uh, what made you think it was a good idea to begin producing theater? Why did you want to do that? Because you just told us about working with this guy who you met in the desert. We didn't hear about any acting experience or theater experience. Well, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, I, I just felt sometimes you need to to speak, have the spirit speak through you. Mm, I see. And this particular. Sp- Spirit was a producer. He said, I've got a great show. I've got a great show I want to put up. And I said, okay. All right. Let's put it up. I'm sorry. I read this script. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> so one of the dead people that you were communicating with pitched you a show and basically tried to have you, a psychic, green light his show. Is that right? Yes. Wow, that is a very... Is that hard to believe, Jared? It's a, it's a very, uh, I don't know, motivated and ambitious dead person. Well, Dude, I have to tell you... I've I re- never heard of such a thing. I, I read his first script. Mm-hmm. It was shit, okay? It was about a, a, a little girl who lost her, her Coca-Cola. Mm. And I was like, nobody's going, to, nobody's going to read this. Yeah, there's nothing here, man. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody likes Pepsi. Do you know? So he rewrote it a little bit. Okay. And then we put that show up. Now, so was this person involved in entertainment before he passed away? Or was this guy who was like a lawyer who died but always wanted to be involved with the theater? He drove, he drove a school bus. He drove a school bus. Okay. Uh, he told me about how he died. It was a tragic thing. Oh, that is such a shit. He was driving a school bus. It went off the cliff. Oh, my God. Oh. Were there children in the school bus? Oh, no. They were flung out of the school bus. <laughs> Not what I meant exactly. I want to know if any children were hurt in the accident. Oh, I just told you they were flung out of the oh, school bus. That of course, is such a shame. That's they were shame. all they were all dead. But I got to say, that seems pretty altruistic of you to put on this theater production for this ghost just because it's something that he wanted to do. Especially after he killed all those kids. Yeah, especially after bus he crashed. killed all those kids. Yeah. Well, you know, they work us to the bone. They, they work, people work to the bone nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. He, was so <laughs> he was so tired. He was so tired. He, he was exhausted. He had been driving all day. Yeah, maybe if the system hadn't needed him to be pulling these 80-hour oh, shifts or whatever. Somebody talk to that man. <laughs> Get when a four-day work week. When I was a boy, there was only one school. And so the bus driver would only have to make two stops. The stop at home and the stop at school. 
Well, nowadays there's high school, middle school, college. Yeah, and the classes are so big. This guy's got to make, I don't know, 100 stops. He's got to start at 4 in the morning to get all these kids. I'm school. surprised more kids aren't flung out of the bus every day. Seriously. God, you know, back in the day, it really was better. Uh, now, I do have more questions about this theater company of yours, uh, Miss Cleo, but I want to go back over to Andy Rooney for just a moment. Uh, so when you were technically in your late 40s, even though you were always 72, sure. uh, you collaborated with the CBS News correspondent Harry Reasoner. Uh, your job was to write his segments, and his job was to narrate the segments. And so was he just the narrator? Like, did he have any contribution to the content at all? Or was he just like a really good presenter and read just whatever you put in front of him. He was, in fact, a great presenter. Mm. And that was, it was it was the one outlet that I had for non-complaining. Mm. I would have to do it through another man's voice. So if you liked something, Harry Reasoner was the only person who could read it for you. Harry me. Reasoner was almost a nom de plume for me, except that he also existed. I see. Gotcha. But he was a... He would oh, have been your pen name, but he was a real person. Almost like uh, Andy Kaufman's guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I, Tony Clifton. Tony yes, Clifton, gotcha. sure, okay. yes, right. He was a vehicle to, to get my popular, uh, to, to my optimistic uh, opinions out mm -hmm. now, because if, I had some. If you did not actually meet Harry Reznor, would you have established an alter ego and and wore in a costume and pretended to be this other person? Much like the Batman? Yeah. <laughs> some sort of a, <laughs> I have to appear and... <laughs> In, in some sort of a costume yeah. in order to be positive. We're sort of mixing our metaphors here. I thought we were going to continue with the Tony Clifton analogy, oh, sure. but Batman works too. It's another person with an alter ego. It's another person with a secret identity. Yeah, and Tony Clifton was, like Tony was more Clifton. than a costume. He was a whole guy. A whole guy. But yeah. I guess so was the Batman. So was the Batman. That is right. You know? And thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Uh, so, yeah, were you? had you been preparing to have an alter ego to present your positive opinions before you met the very real Harry Reznor? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would uh, you know, wear wigs and, and sunglasses. Mm. I would uh, wear trench coats. I would, I would try to disguise my voice, much like the Batman. <laughs> voice disguises, hey, look, he's got that down. He certainly does. But people weren't buying it? Is that what you're saying? They weren't buying it. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, now, so these essays that you would write with Harry Reznor, um, some pieces on uh, that, that I found on the Wikipedia include, uh, th this is the name of the pieces, an essay on doors, an essay on bridges, an essay on hotels, an essay on women. Uh, th these, are, these are the positive yeah, essays that you Yeah, we already discussed writing. that I loved bridges. Yes. You the <laughs> majesty of a good 19th century bridge. Are, am I forgetting any? Like, were there any great ones that I, that I didn't read on the list? Uh, oh, sure. There's, there, were, uh, there, was, well, there was doors, but then there was also uh, knobs. An essay on knobs. An essay on knobs. Okay. There was uh, a, an essay on paper. An essay on paper. Uh, Ooh, I like that because it's because you write it down. It was, it was both an it's essay on paper an and it was on paper. paper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody That's likes when things are two things at once these days. <laughs> Back in my day, things were just one thing at once. If you needed two things at once, you had two things. So, as you said, these were the positive feelings that you had. Uh, so, yeah, you had a positive, you had positive things to say about doors that you just couldn't say on your show. So you had to give him sure. the hair. That, that's exactly right. Back when I was a boy, we just had uh, holes in the walls. We but didn't now, even have doors. But like, now there are doors. Now in the we grate. have doors. We can close <laughs> doors. We can open doors. It adds a whole new layer to having a space. And your essay on hotels? Well, back in my day, we didn't have hotels. If you wanted to go to a different place, you just have to sleep you outside. You have to live there. <laughs> You'd have to live there forever. Nowadays, with hotels, you can just go for a little bit. And, and I like that. And your essay on women. Back in my day, there were no women. What? <laughs> yes, there was doesn't one seem, man. Doesn't seem factual. Well, doesn't seem <laughs> but these days, there's all sorts of women. And all women, short women. And that's great. And that's excellent. And we love that. Yep. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's so much. Uh, I the, the dynamics of what you do, Andy Rooney, they fascinate me. Uh, but I want to go back over to Miss Cleo for just a moment. A woman. I, I want to, <laughs> a woman, one of the... Thumbs up. You're welcome. ...new women that we have now, thankfully. Uh, so let's talk about the, the thrilling conclusion of your theater company. Oh. Uh, your last show with that company was called uh, Supper Club Cafe. Oh. Uh, can you tell me at all anything about this? Was this another show that was written by the the ghost of the bus driver? Oh, no, Jerry. This is one, you know, I fell in love. I, I was beaten by the 
by the theater bug. Ooh, doing the shows for the ghost. This was one made for me. you want to do it. Yes, and uh, you know, I, our house was never empty. You may see an empty seat, but it was never empty. There was always, it was always a full house. It was always ghosts. It was wonderful. In the theater, were there just ghosts? Spirits. Every place that one, an audience member wasn't sitting. My mother was there, you know. There were ghosts. But there was definitely ghosts, <laughs> you know. Many, many, many ghosts. Okay. We sold out. Sometimes the theater was empty. There were mm -hmm. so many spirits in there. Mm -hmm. Empty of flesh and blood, you yes. know what I'm saying. But still sold out. But sold out. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those particular shows. I wrote this show, Jim. Okay. It, it, it is a, a personal, uh, you know, thing for me because it happened to me. I was sitting in a cafe. I've, I've been to this cafe. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there, and the whole show is just me eating a bowl of soup. Okay. Mm. Interesting. And then I finished the bowl of soup, and, and then I, I called for the waiter, but she never comes. Ooh, like Godot. Mm. Okay. Who? <laughs> Who is that? It's a, it's a reference for people with a little bit more theatrical experience. Mm. Uh, but it's neither here nor there. Nobody so, knows they ain't plays anymore. <laughs> so the waitress doesn't come. She never comes. Okay. And so a friend joins me. And we're sitting there and he has his bowl of soup. Mm -hmm. And we're like, where? And he finishes and we're like, where is this? Where is this? This waitress. Mm -hmm. And we sit for 30 minutes in silence. Oof. And then the lights go down. Wow. It's a four and a half hour long play. And it sounds breathtaking, Miss Cleo. It really does. You should have read the Ghost Times review. Go I'm sorry, what? Are you saying that there's publications in the ghost world? You can get theater reviews in? We were a hit. In the ghost review. I, I know, you know, this is just what my spirit agent told me. So the ghosts have newspapers and magazines, and the ghosts are telling you about it. Well, you've got the you've got the New York Ghost Times. <laughs> you've got the Ghost Times. You've got the New York Ghost Times, and you've got the Ghost Times. You've got the Ghoster. Okay. You've got the new Ghoster. Uh, is there the Boston Ghost Globe? Yes. Okay. Well, fantastic. Of course. And then the LA Times. That's for both. <laughs> That's for both. Sure. So you're talking to a ghost one day and he's like, I, I read a great review of the show in the Ghost Times. We were big. We oh, were big. big. Now, unfortunately, that success that you had with the ghost did not translate. And you leave Seattle in, this is a quote from, from the article about it. Uh, you leave, you flee town, leaving a trail of debt and broke, broken promises behind you. Dead and broken promises. See, this is why I don't subscribe to real, real articles. You don't subscribe only to non-ghost non -ghost Only the new ghoster. Only the new ghoster. Only the, the new cartoons ghost are times. amazing. And the uh, Boston Ghost Globe and, and the, the LA, LA Times. Times. <laughs> the LA Times. All right, uh, so yeah, you're saying I left that... so much behind mm. in the real world. Yes. You know? I mean, what is debt other than, like, ghost money? Doesn't that make sense, right? Like, the absence of... You You were selling out these shows to ghosts, and they were basically paying you in debt. They were paying In the me. absence of money. Yes, I mean, I wrote a check, I wrote a ghost check, but they never cashed it. Ugh. Yeah. Is that my fault? It's not. It's their fault for not being able to be a part of that world. This spirit world. You know, I had to go into an industry that could appreciate me. I see. This makes a lot of sense. And now. all my ghost winnings. My bank. My ghost account is so. So I'm a. I'm a trillionaire. Wow, the wealthiest person in ghost world. Hands down, I'm the Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Of the ghost world. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are American radio and television writer Andy Rooney <sighs> and 20th century television psychic Miss Cleo. Call me Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Uh, let's go back over to Andy Rooney for just a moment. So in 1978, uh, you debuted A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes. Uh, this is the show that we already talked about at the beginning uh, where you would find a topic to kvetch about, if sure. you will. Uh, did you have a bagel this morning? <laughs> he did. With onion cream cheese. A safe bet and offensive. Uh, so 
your segment, uh, A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney, it began as a summer replacement for their debate segment, Point Counterpoint. But by the end of that year, Point Counterpoint was dropped altogether, and A Few Minutes with Andy Rooney was a regular segment. So I want to know, do you think that this is because Point Counterpoint was was bad, or there was something missing, or was your show just so much better that they had to replace it? Like, the host of the Point Counterpoint was a man and woman, uh, Shayna and James, and were they doing something wrong, or was your show just so good that it just swept in and took the audience? Well, 60 Minutes is a dense program. They do, it's a dense program. It's a dense program. Mm-hmm. They do investigative journalism on, to a, on a level that has rarely been matched, uh, if at all, uh, you know, uh, ever again. Facts. Uh, and Point Counterpoint, unfortunately, suffered from the same uh, problem that the rest of the show suffers from, which is it's, you know, informational. It's important. Uh, the topics are interesting. Uh, and uh, the details are relevant. So it sounds great. Well. It sounds like it was great. After an hour, that's too much. And people want to get back to something simple before bedtime. You're saying your segment was a palate cleanser after all of the dense quality reporting on 60 Minutes. Sure. People just can't take another second of it. At the at, for 57 minutes into 60 minutes, you might learn about a diamond mine, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the you know the death of Vince Foster, uh, pollution from the manufacturer of paper towels. Sure, and then you're supposed to you're telling me that then you want to talk about uh, privatizing Social Security? No, I think what you want to talk about are now there's too many crayons in the box these days. <laughs> Used to be only 12, then there were 18, 24, 48, 60. <laughs> These days, there's a crayon for every day of the year. That's true. That's true. I think there are. Why, that's just too many crayons. Now, you would deliver these essays sitting behind a walnut desk that, according to Wikipedia, you made yourself. Is that right? I fought a tree. You fought a tree. And made the desk. Tell us all about it, Andy Rudy. Well, back in my day, things were a little simpler. You didn't often have to go far to... Have an argument with somebody. <laughs> These days, you might have to go down to a television studio and do a proper debate. But back then, you could get in a fight with, well, just a tree in your own backyard. And one morning, I woke up and, and uh, thought to myself, eh, trees used to be better. <laughs> I'm going to go outside and give this one a piece of my mind. Exacto mundo, gotcha. senor undo. So I went down there and I said, look, tree, you and I are going to uh, have it out. And I talked at that tree. Uh, I told it all about why its bark was no good anymore and why trees used to have better branches. And the tree uh, uprooted itself, thus killing itself. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, I thought the only way to respect it was to uh, carve myself a, a, a desk right out of its walnut hide. And then force it to listen to the kind of tirades that made it want to kill itself to begin with. It would only be there to justify the, the death. That you know, is it would, it, it, torture. It, you are torturing that tree in its afterlife. Or I'm respecting its decision <laughs> to end its own life, which is the kind of topic we would avoid during my segment, of but course. would have been fascinating for a point-counterpoint. Yes. If uh, not for 57 minutes of Morley Safer and, uh, you know— Katie Couric or whoever was on the, uh, the the program. A fascinating and unfortunately missed opportunity for Point Counterpoint. Uh, let's go back over to Miss Cleo for just a moment. So there was a massive lawsuit against the Psychic Readers Network brought by the states of Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri, New York, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, and the FCC. Too many states. Too days. many states. <laughs> mm. So you were not personally indicted. Uh, but the corporation uh, behind uh, the Psychic uh, Readers Network was sued under the claim that your associate psychics were just actors reading from scripts. Oh. And so I want to know how that works exactly. If someone's calling for a reading and there's an actor just reading from a script, it seems like it would be pretty obvious that that person is not getting a psychic reading, right? Oh, my. You know, this is, this is, this is... This is really hard for me to talk about. Okay, no, yeah, this is the show to get it all out. I'm going to get it all out because, you know, uh, my my thing is never go to any of those states anyways. They're all trash. <laughs> Except for maybe New York, you know. 
I do love New York. So, Miss Cleo, every state that I mentioned, Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri, New York, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Florida are all garbage. Except for New York. Except for trash, New York. Trash, 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 trash. New York's okay. Trash, 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 trash. trash. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> for the record. Okay. You know, so that everybody knows. Yes. Somebody had to say it. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's not a script, Jared. It's not a script if you have to flip back and forth in it in order to answer the questions, you know? It's more of like a dictionary or like a thesaurus, you know? I'm sorry. So you're claiming that because it was uh, because it was more than one page of script that it was not a script? It, it was more like a phone book, you know? You, can, you know, they, they gave you your birthday. You flip through, you know, Jared. You flip through, and then that's the address, that's the number to connect to the spirit. So you would find out a person's birthday. The actor would then read from a pre-selected list of things that you would say to a person with that birthday, which would then enact the spirit. I'm sorry, which were what? Then enact the spirit. I, I this uh, from the spirit world. It was from the spirit world. It would enact the spirit. The spirit would speak to the. Speak to the person. I see. And give them their reading. See, the courts don't understand this. Yeah, so the ghost. Andy Rooney knows what I'm talking about. The yeah. courts nowadays. Do you understand what she's talking about, yeah, Andy Rooney? The courts these days don't, don't do a good job at uh, ghost stuff at all. <laughs> they don't know. You know, not if like, this not was. Like back in your day? Andy back Rooney? in my day, courts would decide all sorts of ghost matters. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. for example, hauntings. <laughs> The most obvious one. <laughs> the most obvious. Sorry, you were saying, Miss Cleo. Oh, no, you know, he's right. Yeah. So the Ned, Ned right on the head. Now, uh, the Psychic Readers Network included in the record of the lawsuit that many customers were satisfied with the service, uh, but they didn't report a source for that claim. Do you know what they're referring to there? Uh, <clears throat> Is it the Los Angeles time? That's, <laughs> that's probably the one. That's probably the one. That makes a lot of sense. They loved us. Because they were ghosts. They loved us. We are running out of time, no. unfortunately, on the show. There's never any more time these days. So let's uh, do a little lightning round if we can. So uh, Andy Rooney, in your decades of editorial work, you stumbled into a few controversies. And I, I'll, I'm going to go through these and just ask you to comment on them in any way you like. You want to double down. If you want to apologize, totally up to you. Sounds good? Sounds good. Okay, so controversy number one. You said that it was silly for Native Americans to complain about the name of the team, the Washington Redskins. You said the issue was that they wanted their country back, but they can't have it. Yikes. <laughs> All right, well. Nope. Okay, wrong, wrong there. Okay, so yeah, you you don't agree with that take, that hot take nope, anymore. That was uh, oof. All oh, right. Yay, moving on. Moving on. You said you didn't like baseball today because today's baseball stars are all guys named Rodriguez, which at the time was taken to be a dig at Hispanics. You're a boy. <laughs> hot water over here. Okay. That's true. I there's, find it very there's, refreshing. There's just a couple. I have it very refreshing that you are not doubling down on any of these. They're not great. Rooney. Okay. Uh, causes of premature death that you were warning your listeners about include too much food, alcohol, drugs, homosexual unions, and cigarettes. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I never went to a gay wedding, but I don't, I mean, I still, I can't, I, I can't justify that one. Gotcha. I did not know how satisfying it would be just to sit, just to watch you be in hot water here, Andy Rooney. All right. And lastly, uh, you were upset that Kurt Cobain's suicide overshadowed the death of former President Nixon. Well, that, you know, that, is, <laughs> that was some bullshit. That was some bullshit. He wrote like eight good songs. And Nixon. And for that, we forget about Nixon. Come on. And for that, we ignore Nixon's death. Come on. <laughs> Remember when you met Elvis? Nobody uh, meets Elvis anymore. Okay. I don't know. I love that album. That That's first it. album it's, was so good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like in bloom. Last question, unfortunately. We are running out of time. Miss Cleo, you did oh. a commercial after Psychic Network was shut down. Oh. You did a commercial as Miss Cleo. Uh, for the breakfast cereal French Toast Crunch, mm. would you just do a line for us from that commercial? Sure, sure, sure. Mmm. What do you think about this, this cereal, Ghost Spirit? Yes, I think it's good too. 
Is that it? Just, just like, just like I did it. Just that, that's that's incredible. Thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, Miss Clear and Andy Rooney. Uh, that is all the time that we have. Last question, though, for both of you: Do either of you have any uh, comedians or comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Andy Rooney, anything you want to tell people about? You can follow Evan Altshuler at evanalt.com. All right. And uh, Miss Cleo, anything you want to tell people about? Oh, well, you know, I love that magnet, the Magnet Theater. You know, on Friday nights, premiere. On, on Saturday nights, Armando Diaz experience. The spirits cannot even get in. There's so many people. Uh, too many people and uh, discriminate against ghosts. Uh, I am, yeah, of course... A whole other issue for uh, a whole other time. I dude. am your host, Jarrett Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jarrettberenstein.com. Uh, the latest installment of Stand Up 2020, the voting rights comedy show, will be happening at Friday, February 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 24th Street with our headliner, Janine Garofalo. That's this Friday if you're listening on the radio and last Friday if you're listening on the podcast. So if you're listening on the podcast, first Friday of March will be the next Stand Up 2020 headliner, TBD. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast. All the old episodes are there. Rate and subscribe. Tell your friends. Hit us up at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People.